in the physical education realm, um, my students in comprehensive PE, they're supposed to demonstrate um, their skill sets. And they have soccer, they have softball, softball, baseball, they have tennis, and they have volleyball. Well, some of them don't always, most of the time, they don't have the, the proper equipment to demonstrate the skill set. And so, for instance, um, for a ball, they'll roll up a pair of socks, I would tell them. Or if they, you know, could get a balloon and use a balloon for a soccer ball. Um, the best one the best one that I remember is using a frying pan for a tennis racket <laughs> and them actually doing the video. Yes. Um, I found that the kids can be very creative. I just want to know that you know what the basic movement is. Hello, and welcome to You Matter Here, our Minnesota Transitions Charter School podcast, where we elevate the voices of our people, dig deeper into our big ideas, and explore how we show up for ourselves and each other in order to make magic happen. I am your host, Wendy Lorenz Walraven, the Director of Equity and Diversity here at MTCS. My hope is that as we spend time together, we will have an opportunity to explore three key questions. Who am I? Who are we? And who are we to each other? As it is the intersection of these questions that informs the assumptions we make, drives our behavior, and impacts our relationships with ourselves and with others. Welcome back, listeners, to You Matter Here, our Minnesota Transitions Charter School podcast. I hope you are all finding some joyful moments as we welcome new versions of ourselves and the changing world around us. Today in the studio, I am joined by two teachers from Minnesota Virtual Schools, both of whom I have had the pleasure of working directly with. From Marty and our board of directors days to Jill and our partnership in collaborating on an inclusive and representative health curriculum, my time with both of you has always been tied to serving young people in new and innovative ways. Uh, Marty Lukoczewski and his sidekick and service dog, Laverne, hey Laverne, uh, joined Minnesota Virtual Schools as a language arts teacher in 2013. He served on the uh, Minnesota Transitions Charter School Board of Directors for six years and has been a fierce advocate for the needs of online learners. Jill Larson joined Minnesota Virtual Schools as our health and physical education teacher in 2014. She is dedicated to creating spaces for young people to engage with their health and wellness in ways that are accessible and creative. Her ability to differentiate for young people is one of the many gifts she brings to our community. Thank you, Marty, and thank you, Jill, for joining us and being willing to share parts of yourself with us today. You're welcome. Thank you. So I have uh, kind of a bunch of different questions for you all today, um, and kind of we'll just go with whoever feels most inspired to, to sort of share first, um, but thinking that probably both of you would have an opportunity to share on each of the questions. Okay. Um, so, uh, the first question is, what brought you to Minnesota Virtual Schools, and why do you stay with us? Um, one of the biggest reasons is that we can basically work one-on-one -on -one with the students and really inspire them. We don't have a lot of distractions. We can hone in on what they need. Um, and I, and I enjoy the flexibility of the job. Um, like today, I could just come here. I could work within... The, the school setting, and then be able to do something that was um, helping out with the district as far as, as being able to do other things. So I'm not 
always having to be in one spot at one time and have the flexibility of that. Um, I really enjoy the peeps I work with at school. Um, you know, I torment Marty pretty much on a daily basis uh, through chat. And then when he wants to get back at me, we video chat. <laughs> and then we go on and banter back and forth and stuff like that. And it's, it's just, it's really fun. It was an opportunity at the time to teach in an online setting. I did not know seven months, six months before uh, my diagnosis that this was going to be a place that was really going to help me thrive and spend the remainder of my career in teaching. And for those that don't know what I talk about diagnosis, and it really helps me identify with, with kids uh, because there are experiences that I, I'm going through just like our kids go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease in January 2014. So here I'm on the job five months and I get this diagnosis and the worst thing that you believe is going to happen to you in the world is that you're going to lose your job because you have this chronic illness Mm. and what is it going to do you know as you go further on down the road and that's where it's just the opposite here supportive caring um, the amount of people that step up and say hey if you're having a bad day, I'm your partner, yeah. you know, lean on me. And that's something that's not just amongst the, the staff, the colleagues. And that's what kept me coming day after day that first year. And here I am in my 10th school year teaching, you know, and, you know, I go for my yearly checkup with my parky doc. You know, they said, whatever you're doing, keep on doing it. I'm like, I'm teaching online school. You know, yeah. we'll continue to do that. So, I mean, it's it's that which continues to bring me here. Yeah, that's really powerful. I mean, I, both of you sort of talked about that flexibility as being a real key for why you stay and really being able to tend to um, young people in a really unique and dynamic way, as well as your own needs in a really unique and dynamic way, um, which unfortunately you don't always get in your professional setting. And I think um, something also for us to think about, you know, in in our brick and mortar spaces, how do we again try to um, create spaces that are also nurturing the adults while depleting them at the same time, right? Um, because what you do is... Um, is taxing. It's a it's a lot of energy to expend trying to to meet kids where they are and to understand um, the really um, specific you know sort of differences that that make each each learner unique um, and that you have the time to to really dig into that, which I think is really beautiful. You know, one of the issues that a lot of students have that that come to us and learn on a virtual setting is they did not feel comfortable in that brick and mortar setting. Whether it was something that affected them through illness or trauma, um, you know, could be bullying, they just didn't feel comfortable. Now they have a comfortable environment and they need to hear from us as teachers, as leaders, as their mentors to, you know, hey, we're hearing you. You know, communicate with us. Be let's let's have that conversation back and forth. We're here to support you, and 
Uh, it just brings lots of, um, I'm trying to think of the keyword, a lot of successes, a lot mm-hmm. of success stories that we have. And we have students who, I mean, you talk about a wide range. We have kids who are, uh, have been dancers and performed live on television and, and have raced uh, BMX and have raced cars. And w- one year I had a, a young lady who was a, uh, ranked number seven junior uh, snowboard uh, athlete. And then we have students who are first-time moms, mm-hmm. you know, or they're taking care of a parent who's sick, right. you know, uh, or who have to work mm-hmm. in order to help support the family. So you have this wide variety, but they're each there for a specific reason, and they know that virtual works best for them. Mm-hmm. One of the things that, that I've found within the curricular, the curriculum that we offer, uh, especially in health, is it really does some deep diving as far as getting the kids to interact with the curriculum and the concepts. And through their reflections, they are very vulnerable. They, they choose to be vulnerable and indirectly asking for help. It's like, you know, can I hook you up with, with Nikki D, our our social worker, I know, can I, can Jenna and Jenny help you with anything? And um, especially I I found this year that I really had some good, once they made the initial contact and then through Google chat, that the kids are like, you know, happy teacher appreciation day today. You know, it was just, it was, it was really kind of fun. Mm -hmm. So it's been very um, eye-opening and as you say, is that when the kids are talking about some of that, you have to be careful not to, as as a teacher, internalize what they're feeling mm-hmm. so that it doesn't wear you down. And I think that's kind of where I've been at yeah. most, most of this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, being able to, you know, a secondary trauma, compassion, fatigue, all of those things are, are real, right? Um, and especially, I think, educators... Um, around the globe are feeling that particularly, um, particularly now. So, so being able to, um, to know that, to acknowledge that and to be able to take care of yourself so that you can take care of young people. Um, again, I think is something that's really necessary in education and something that's widely missing in a lot of our spaces, you know, not just here, but everywhere. Um, when you think about, Again, some, you know, you've mentioned some of the differences, but just sort of what sets apart in the, in the, <laughs> the land of lots of online learning that's, a, that's occurring um, now, certainly that kind of came out of the, um, the pandemic. But, you know, we've been at online learning for, for a long time and, and certainly longer way before um, we find ourselves here. So what would you say is really different um, and innovative about Minnesota Virtual? In the physical education realm, um, my students in comprehensive PE, they're supposed to demonstrate um, their skill sets. And they have soccer, they have softball, softball, baseball, they have tennis, and they have volleyball. Well, some of them don't always, most of the time, they don't have the the proper equipment to demonstrate the skill set. And so, for instance, um, for a ball, they'll roll up a pair of socks. I would tell them, or if they, you know, could get a balloon, 
and use a balloon for a soccer ball. Um, the best one, the best one that I remember is using a frying pan for a tennis racket, <laughs> and them actually doing the video. Yes. Um, I found that the kids can be very creative, um, and if they choose not to when they're doing their skill set, if they ha- want to have their mentor watch them perform it and okay. then grade them or whatever they need to do to say that they're proficient, then so be it. I said, you guys don't need to, to put it on the video. You just need to, I, I just want to know that you know what the basic movement is. So mm-hmm. if you get out into an opportunity for a recreational opportunity for, um, you know, co-ed volleyball or tennis or pickleball now, you know, whatever it may be, you at least kind of have an idea of what's going on. Right. And are more likely to jump in and try it, right? If it's not something that you've never, ever, ever done Mm -hmm. before, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Even if it's, you know, I threw a sock like that. (laughs) (laughs) Juggling juggling three socks is pretty good. (laughs) That's a skill. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) That's a skill. I think that's really um, such an incredible way in which you are breaking down barriers for kids, right? I think it would be really easy to say, oh, you don't have the equipment, then I, I, I don't know how to grade you on that, right? Um, but really being able to think outside of the box and recognize that what what is the actual skill and it, it is, it's the movement, it's the connection with your body, it's being able to, to find some familiarity in that, um, which just doesn't mean that you have to have an actual tennis ball Move. to do something, just right? Just get out yeah. and go. Yeah. And have fun, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, movement ultimately at its, at its greatest is when it's also just wonderful and fun and feels good in your body and feels good with the people that you're moving around with. Um, so I think about the kids in the, you know, in the aisle at the store, <laughs> you know, who knows? It was very They'll probably keep that memory with them forever too. Yeah. It's uh, some of the activities that she has students doing. I mean, it's, it's fun to see when they come in and she's always sharing them with the rest of the staff. Check out what my student did and what my student did there and, and so on and so forth. And it, it gives that uh, emphasis to the rest of the, the staff as we're looking at our curriculum, as we're rewriting curriculum. What can we do to connect with that student? Mm-hmm. Uh, because students learn differently. Students are at a point in the course in my English 12B course where they're doing an interpretation of a poem. Earlier, they wrote an essay. Now, what I want them to do is utilize um, a graphic creator, a cartoon creator. And they have different stories this time, different poems. And they're telling me as if it's a newscast. And I had one today that was just phenomenal. It was a news reporter and you can see in the way that the person created the the graphic, the facial changes of the reporter, you know. And she's like, it was just phenomenal. And I have gotten, kids are going, I love this. This allowed me to be creative. You know, mm-hmm. it was not just an essay. Some kids, they just want to write an essay. I've had, I've had a student who said, Mr. Allen, not great with art, not great with, you know, doing programs like this. Can I write an essay? Yes, you can write an essay, but here's an opportunity. Make them feel included no matter where they're at. Yeah, absolutely. And again, isn't that what education is all about, right? right? To be able to find something that inspires a young person to creatively express themselves um, in connection with what they're learning, right? You know, the pandemic gave virtual education a bad name because 
virtual education is not getting on a screen, watching a teacher, getting an assignment for the day, and go do the assignment. Mm -hmm. It's so much more than that. Students can work at their pace. They can be creative. Uh, they can be vocal. They can ask those questions and, and do so knowing that, hey, it's just that conversation, that one-on-one. -on -one. You know, when someone told me, hey, you know, why do you want to become a teacher? And here back in my college days, I'm going, well, because then I can work with students in one-on-one -on -one settings and help them develop. And, and then you get in the real-world classroom and you got 36 students and you have time to know their names and maybe ask one question in an hour segment. Right. And that's all you saw them five days a week. Here we can have those conversations 20, 30 minutes. Uh -huh. You know, what, what works for you? And we have students who are like, Mr. L, don't contact me during course of semester. I'll contact you if I have any questions, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know. Yeah. If I'm really way behind, then it's okay. But, you know, so it really, it really is a lot more of a unique setting for our students and, and allows them to learn at what works best for them. Yeah. Yeah. In the previous podcast episode, when I uh, was meeting with Bill and Lorelai, um, one of the things that Bill had mentioned uh, was when he was actually doing some of his research about online schools, um, was that sort of the differentiating factor between beneficial online schooling and online school that really can present more challenges for kids is the connection that young people have with the, t the teachers that they have, right? Which um, I think you could probably argue for any educational setting, the sort of um, <laughs> the critical component for, for learning is learning um, alongside and in conjunction with someone that you have a connection with, right? We learn from people we like and that we um, admire and we respect and feel, feel most connected to. So when we're able to do that with young people, I think it really sets them up to, to thrive. I, I found frequently that, um, like, when in their assignments, they'll, you know, like I had mentioned previously, <clears throat> that they'll interact with the content, but then they'll say on a side note, you know, that I was abused or this happened and I have had this trauma or I was homeless for seven years mm -hmm. and my aunt took me in and now she's helping me, you know, get back on track and, you know, I really appreciate understanding and saying in the assignment when I gave him feedback on it that, you know, I, I'm listening and I understand. Mm -hmm. And that's all I said. And he just kept talking. And he said, yeah. you know, you, I really would really would like to, you know, talk to someone. And I'm thinking, you know, with all the things that he told me, I was like, you know, Nikki D, help me out. Um, Jenna Jenny, you know, what can we do? And I called on those guys, and I made the introduction through Google Chat. You know, may I do this? May I do that? May I connect you with? And yes, I would really like to talk to someone about my mother. You know, when I was 13, she died, and I never got to process it. And mm -hmm. he's 17 or 18 now. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I would really like to do that. And so I kind of not pushed it over, but got the expert involved as Wendy has been my expert in the area of um, sexual identities and things. And as I've been adding to the curriculum, I think that's one of the things that you do exceptionally well is be able to collaborate and partner with the people that you work with, right? To be able to acknowledge 
this is this is where my area of expertise or knowledge kind of comes to the edges. And this is where I then reach out to people who have that next layer um, of expertise that can can really partner alongside you um, and in in service of kids. Right. Which I think is um, certainly when you reach out to me, that was such a beautiful opportunity for you and I to um, directly sort of address um, some some gaps in the curriculum along with the curriculum writer being able to go through that process to sort of say we need to make sure that every child sees themselves in our curriculum and that representation matters and that inclusivity matters um, but you know it could have been really easy for you to be like ah, I don't know never mind <laughs> you know yeah. but in- instead you you reached out and I think some really beautiful things came from that mm-hmm. and now we have a more um, you know a better representation within that mm-hmm. curriculum for all it, kids. You know, in the English realm, one of the items that I had to do is rely on some of the other English teachers in the district uh, to get some ideas and thoughts because my belief is, is you know, we have a very diverse uh, set of students. Mm-hmm. And here I am, I'm teaching Brit Lit. Mm. And for the majority of the time in Brit Lit, if you were a white man and you had white hair, that's who we studied. And that's not the case. That's not Britain today. So, you know, I was reaching out and saying, hey, you know, how can I, you know, include some diversity in here? And well, add authors with different voices and such. And I'm like going... Well, eighteen hundreds, I finally get Elizabeth Barrett Browning, George Eliot, you know, and, you know, and Mary Shelley, and I'm going. No, there has to be more than that. And so, by talking to others and and getting information and just doing a lot of research, discovering the authors, the Black Britons that have had the influence. Mm-hmm. And I, I graded an assignment today from one of our supplemental students. And um, is a section that basically is 1700s, the end of the Enlightenment, right before the Romantic period. And I looked at black voices in British literature, mm-hmm. specifically. And there are three gentlemen who at some point in time were all in, enslaved. And there was one lady who was born after slavery was abolished in Britain that's in that unit. And I have them write about it. And the one item that a student wrote about was, yes, this author was from Ghana. My parents are from Ghana. Mm. It is such a joy to see my teacher including something that hits so close to home for me and to know the voice that this person had and made the difference for a lot of people at that time. And to, to hear that from students, you know, it's like, wow. Validating her story. Yeah, very much so validating their story. You know, uh, another one, I'm planning to go into nursing and all I hear is Florence Nightingale, mother of nursing. I didn't know Mary Seacole actually was doing that in the Crimean War alongside of Florence Nightingale. Mm -hmm. And then that was able to lead to the conversation. Hey, I want to share with you about who is the most influential black Briton of all time voted a few years ago. 
it was Mary Seacole. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you strike up that conversation and the student wants to reach deeper Mm -hmm. into the subject matter. Yeah. And again, unless you can see yourself in, you know, in those things and it's, it's hard to want to go deeper into, you know, into learning about, um, really anything if it doesn't feel like it is for you or with you or about you. Right. right? Um, and so, yeah, that, I mean, I, inclusion and, and, and representation are just there. You can't, um, work hard enough to make sure that, that, that we are, are doing that really for the spectrum, um, of differences across the board. Right. Um, I think as a public school and thinking about, you know, the, the lack of space that young people have increasingly around the country, um, depending on their identities, uh, that it's just so critical that we say you have a space here, right. That you matter here. Um, we see you and we, uh, we hear you and we value you here. Um, because of all of your identities and how complex you are as a human being. Um, and that that doesn't leave anybody out. One of the things that, that I've done in the past um, in 2019 is that the NAMI, the National Alliance for Mental Illness, had a sponsored a walk. Um, and so I, I put it out to the kids and to staff to see if they just wanted to meet and a lot of them we had never met before and do the walk and if they wanted to join in and get a, a picture we could get a picture um jenny had had shirts made for us that said um mvs cares and everybody got a free t-shirt and so I'm hoping, um, I just got another thing from NAMI in my email about two weeks ago. And so I put out just a blurb on an email just saying, you know, mark your calendars for September 23rd, uh, Minnehaha Park. Um, let's get together. And those of you guys that like to walk, because some of the, you know, the kids had told me that when they went to the booths and picked up some of the information and, and things in the community that could help them out, or whatever they could reach out for support. Um, they were very appreciative of it, and just seeing the the vast amount of people within the community that perhaps felt like them. Yeah. So it's not like mental illness is this big stigma. You know, don't talk about it and stuff. And and that's one of the things that you know within my classes, whatever I'm doing is that I'm talking about that. You just keep talking, keep asking. Yeah you know, we're listening. Yeah, absolutely. Ask more questions always. Yeah. And, you know, and, and mental health, we all have mental health, right? We all, it's our, it's, um, important for us all to have practices that really tend to our wellness, um, and to be able to normalize, um, you know, the diversity of, of what that means and what people need across the board, I think is just so, so critical, um, especially for young people, right? Um, However you learn, however you are, is, uh, is just right. And there's something here for you. Um, we'll figure that out. Thank you both again so much for, for what you do. I, you really are um, carving out some really unique environments for young people to learn and to find themselves and to find themselves in education. So I really appreciate um, the effort you put in, um, the consistency of how you show up every day um, and for sticking around year after year because, like Marty said, it does matter and you matter here. So thank you very much. Thank you.